Welcome to the Digital Profits Podcast, where you'll learn how to grow your business faster using paid traffic and SEO. Each episode will feature a breakdown of digital marketing trends and answers to your burning questions that will provide actionable takeaways to make your marketing better. So join us, Ben Page, Ray Sawbell, and Blake John, as we guide you on your journey to higher profits. Remember to join the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com and get ready to profit in three, two, one. Hey squad, welcome back. I'm joined today by our usual crew of Ray. Hello. And Blake. Hey there. And we've got a fun topic lined up for today. We're going to talk about what to do when your marketing is off track, which is not an uncommon occurrence. So I thought it'd be fun if we kick it off with this question. What is the worst thing you can do when you realize your marketing isn't working the way you expected it to? I think the worst thing that you can do, maybe not the absolute worst thing, but like I've seen it and it's definitely not the direction you should go is get kind of reactionary and impulsive and move too quickly. If you're kind of jumping the gun on, on, poor performance or you're like new flashing things and you move too fast, you can kind of dig yourself into a deep hole that can be hard to get out of. And it's not a path you want to go down. You, you don't want to be too impulsive. You kind of want to think things through and have some data and some insights, some conversations with your marketing team, whatever it might be before you make some brash decisions. Yep. I agree with you, Blake. You definitely want to make sure that you're not working on the wrong thing. However, I think you can get stuck in a sense of like, let's analyze, let's analyze and analyze and not execute. So I think it's extremely important to have a game plan in place, execute on said game plan and measure those results to see if you're moving the needle in the right direction. And we'll kind of talk about, are we measuring the right things a little bit later? But I think it's really important to not get stuck in just like analyze mode and ensure that you're doing some type of execution and you're moving the ball forward. Oh, we got some healthy tension on the show today. But right, what I'm hearing is don't let the feels take over, right? Don't just start reacting on every thought or throw everything out and start with a whole new strategy and we're going to go all in on TikTok and it's going to be the answer. And Ray, I'm hearing you say, don't get stuck in paralysis by analysis. So our goal today is to share some thinking tools, helping you to clarify the problem rapidly and then think about potential solutions and how you could test potential solutions and so on. But first, let's start with this. Like, why do you think you're off track? I think there are different cases that would cause someone to think this, right? Or say this, like, hey, marketing isn't working the way I expected. And for this episode, we're assuming that you've had some sort of positive results before and it's those results are starting to dry up, right? Like the tap of leads or sales is starting to dry up. But why do you think you're off track? Is there specific data you're looking at that makes it clear? Have you set a goal for this year, this quarter, this month, and you're just not on track to hit that goal? Or is it more intuition-based? It feels like you should be doing better than you are. Any thoughts, guys, on like, you know, some of these points and like identifying like why you think you're off track? Yeah, you kind of hit on this, Ben, but I think it's important to understand where you're off track and we'll kind of dive into this later, but is this based on projections that you have? Is it based on previous performance, gut feeling, intuition? So I think first it's getting aligned with internally and then with many partners that you may be working with, but then also understanding like, where are you off track? Is it 
online? Is it offline conversions? Is it paid or organic search? Like where specifically are you feeling you're off track? And then having those conversations with the responsible parties to try to right size that ship. Mm, yeah. So, you know, one of the notes I had for today was thinking through like what level does yeah. this problem live at? Is it a total at a business level or not getting enough revenue or profit, you know, or is it at a certain product level, channel level, certain campaign or tactic isn't working or, you know, something, something else. I mean, Blake, any other thoughts on? No. And I don't know if we, I think the only thing that I would really add here is like the da- make sure the data that you're looking at is really telling the full picture because sometimes it's easy to get caught up in vanity metrics or things that aren't really, you know, key business or key performance indicators, I suppose. Sometimes you can kind of, you're kind of taking a look and you're spending too much energy on things that ultimately don't matter. Now, if you're seeing like revenue is down, I don't know, 50% or something like that, you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, then you kind of have to dig deeper and say, okay, well, where are we falling off? Is it like, where's the misalignment essentially? But just make sure that the data you have is really giving you what you need and, and it's tracking, you're tracking the right things, which Ray, you mentioned, because you don't want, again, you don't want to make decisions on wrong data. Like that is what you want to avoid. Yeah. And so if you're an EOS company like us, you've got a scorecard and hopefully you have metrics on there for kind of the big picture of marketing. But then within your marketing department, marketing team, you might have additional, more specific metrics, like a level down that are looking at like channel performance. But in general, with data, the way I'm thinking about it is you're always, you want to have metrics that reflect volume and efficiency and at different levels, like we're talking about total revenue and profit, you know, margin or whatever, that something like that or MER, total spend and MER or clicks and click through rate, conversions, conversion rate or contact to lead rate, lead to close rate, like thinking about the whole journey someone goes through from awareness all the way through to purchase and repeat and so on. Having that kind of data is extremely helpful because you might find if you look at that entire journey or that entire scorecard, it's it will become clear like where from a data standpoint, where that that lives. Maybe your total number is off, but your efficiency numbers are on track. And then that tells you, hey, we need to either add dollars, add activity, depending on the channel, so on. Yeah, it might be helpful to like unpack that idea of a scorecard a little bit more because like we are on EOS and we do have a scorecard and we're understanding week over week how we're trending. But I guess I'm kind of making assumptions that the listeners do have some type of scorecard or thing that they're tracking on a week to week basis. But I think it's extremely important to have those metrics be aware of them and then obviously track the metrics that matter the most. So like step one, if you don't have something like that today, ensure that you do because you need to make sure that you're tracking the most vital pieces of your business. Like you're saying, Ben, like whether it's like CAC or profitability or profit margin, mer, like like whatever it might be. So just ensure that step is being done. Yeah. And Blake, we were talking a little bit about expectations and this kind of ties back to the original point of like, why are you off track or why do you think you're off track? And so what is your goal and how was that goal established? You know, you might go through this process or look at your data and maybe you're doing better than you have previously, but you're not hitting a goal, which might have been somewhat arbitrarily set. I don't know. Any thoughts? I have a handful of examples where that's happened, but one in particular it was a like a sister company for a large like hotel supplier provider. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of kicked off this new brand that was a side thing. And they said in the first year, their annual goal of revenue was a million dollars. And we, you know, we were asking them, why? Like, how, does, how are you getting to this number? And looking like, looking ahead, it was, we were thinking it was impossible and it didn't happen. It was nowhere near that because it was just a completely, basically an arbitrary number that they took. But 
really the story there is sometimes projections or goals, that wasn't really a projection. I feel like that was more of a just a, yeah, gut feeling, I suppose, can kind of make you feel like you're doing worse than you really are. I've had other examples where revenue is up 40%, but projections say we should be up 75%. It's like, okay, well, how did we get to that number? Why do we, why, why is that our goal? We are doing, you know, we're performing better year over year. Like let's, let's break this down and figure out maybe there was some market demand, things we didn't take into consideration, some economic shifts, whatever it might be, but projections can sometimes be a little misleading, I guess. And again, it's all about getting aligned and making sure that everyone is sort of rowing in the right direction. Yeah, that can be a frustrating conversation when all metrics are pointing. You're up 40% year over year. You're doing better than you've ever done, but based on projections, we're not where we want to be. So it's like, one, is that a realistic? And like, I see you smiling because we recently had a conversation like this. So I think it's difficult because you may not be doing as well as you think you should be doing. But when you look where those projections get, you know, where where they gotten? Um, And I think just being aligned, like you said, Blake, is just crucial. Yeah, and I think related to this idea, it's like taking a look at actions and activities versus results, like thinking of those as two separate buckets, which is important, I think, throughout this discussion. But, you know, hey, we arrived at this revenue or we got this result for year over year. But if you kind of back it down into like what were the activities or actions that we did that led to that ultimate result, especially if things are legitimately off track and like, hey, you had a reasonable goal or you're below the performance that you had previously, what changes maybe have happened in terms of the actual activities that we're performing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that may contribute to that decline. But yeah, I think going back to like diagnosing the problems, we talked a little bit about, you know, what level does it live at, volume or efficiency. I want to talk about a few thinking tools that could help cut through the noise because, right, it's great. You've got analytics, you've got a scorecard, you're tracking all kinds of metrics, and now you've got 8, 15, 25 KPIs, you know, that you're looking at. And it can be overwhelming if there's no like clear smoking gun where it's like, oh, well, yeah, conversion rate, you know, went down by 50% Fix it. month over month. Yeah, right. Like super obvious. So how do you kind of clarify like where the problem is? A few thoughts. You know, one is 80-20 inversion. So it would sort of entail, it's like if you look at your channels, your campaigns, your creatives, and so on, you know, which ones are contributing the most to the bottom line. But if you invert it, you kind of say like, what 20% of campaigns, products, audiences, content, landing pages, whatever, like factors in the marketing universe, what 20% of those are contributing to 80% of the decline. So see how we kind of like flipped it there. And that can help you, that inversion, that 80-20 inversion can help you identify where things might be going wrong. Or another inversion tool that I like using that can, it's like a sanity check thinking tool is like just general inversion, right? So how would I fail epically at marketing? So like if you're totally lost, you could just like start there and say, well, like, what would I do? Well, I'd probably put out no content. I'd probably target the wrong people. I'd probably spend a bunch of money on advertising or I'd probably not have data or whatever. So you could maybe think through different silos of your marketing mix with that inversion tool. Any other thoughts on how you could quickly or more effectively diagnose where the problems live, guys? Yeah, where I tend to think is from, like you said, Ben, like 80-20, that's just where I'm trained to kind of diagnose things. Like, where's the biggest impact? You can do the inversion like you suggested. But Blake, I'm thinking to a conversation we had recently. It's like, do we focus on the 
areas that are the largest revenue drivers for a business, or do we focus on ones that we think could be the largest revenue drivers based on demand or forecast? So I think there's, again, it goes back to alignment where it's like, we can make a change in one area that might drive a 2% total growth of revenue, or we can make a change somewhere else that is 30% of the pie, make some changes there and really move the needle forward because it's a larger chunk of revenue. So just, just thinking from like from an impact standpoint, like are we making the changes that really matter? Yeah, I'll just add that. I don't know. The 80-20 approach is going to be really valuable throughout all of this. Like, you know, my marketing isn't working. What next? Applying this because you could probably do this for every single channel, like taking that 80-20 approach saying, okay, we know SEO, this works. Email, this works. PPC, this works. Let's try to build off of that. Let's make more of that. And then again, inverting it saying, we know this isn't working. This 20% is like, we're spending all this money and budget and we're lose, just losing dollars there. Let's cut it. Yeah, let's kill it. And just kind of going down that approach. But I also will say too. To add on to that, Blake, I guess. So to add on to that thought, I think it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy too from like an 80-20 standpoint. So like if you're always optimizing the best or on the flip side, if you're always like cutting the waste from the worst, it's you're not giving yourself a chance to improve that. So that's where the inverse kind of comes in play because you're it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like this never works kill the waste. Like it, it could become a negative if you go too far in that direction. Interesting. Let's think about this through the lens of let's use a hypothetical scenario to help us think through this, this issue, right? Like imagine you are the VP of marketing at a company and it's lead gen, right? And marketing's off track. You're not getting, I don't know, you're not getting the number of conversions conversions have dropped 20% year over year. Or I guess our marketing's off track. Maybe you'd say you're ultimately like, oh, closed deals are closed one is off track. And then you'd kind of trace it back. Okay, well, the sales team is still closing at the same rate. And you know that part's all good to go. So then we have to figure out like what's going on in marketing. What else could you do if you're in that position to, to try and like diagnose where the problem lives? I feel like you need to really break it down by like each individual action or we're talking about inputs basically of your marketing like there's there's sales there's each unique channel there's your service team etc like you can break those things down and try to identify which part of this is where we're dropping off because that's where we need to focus that's where we need to kind of rally and turn things around otherwise it feels like ultimately you're just I feel like this happens to us actually a lot of the pressure will kind of fall onto your marketing team like your SEO guy your PPC guy but sometimes there's some internal things like your again your sales team potentially maybe or like a change in pricing which we might talk about in a little bit but those things have a huge impact on conversion rates and business growth essentially that sometimes don't get brought up into the conversation because it's just like oh well this is a change that happens like we'll make the most of it now but those things have huge impacts on performance and ultimately business growth yeah so you want to look at, you want to evaluate both internal and external factors. And internal factors could be things like sales and marketing aren't aligned, you know, the way they were previously. It could be channels and marketing mix related. It could be creatives, some change there, some ad is fatiguing, a landing page is falling off in terms of visibility, rankings, conversion rate, etc. Could be like products, but then externally, it could be competitor changes. Competitor launches new product, changes pricing, changes targeting, changes their creatives, if their funnel changes, and now they're gobbling up share. That's interesting. User behavior changes, maybe preferences change and so on. Algorithm updates, compliance updates, different requirements being placed on email or social or whatever. But I think another helpful tool is Occam's Razor because there are 
you know, if we look at this like myriad of potential root causes and we're trying to diagnose, there are like, first off, there are a number of things that we just can't control, especially in the external bucket. So we want to focus on things we can control and we do influence. So when you do that, though, we want to use Occam's razor, which is the problem solving principle. This is a definition from Wikipedia. The problem solving principle that recommends searching for explanations constructed with the smallest possible set of elements. So almost like a simplifying down. So it might be helpful to think about the stream of time, you know, leading up to when this metric is off track, like in this like hypothetical example, oh, conversion rate has fallen on the website. The website visitor to contact form completion conversion rate has fallen off 20%, right? You know, what changes have happened that led up to that point in the last week, month, quarter, year, whatever. And then you want to kind of think about like maybe you list out there are three to five potential likely root causes. Is there one that stands out as the simplest possible explanation? Oh, we changed the form on the number one landing page on the site. And now we added five fields on the form. Now there's more friction. The conversion rate fell. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, something like that. But that's where I think, right? Because this goes back to your opener, Ray, about getting stuck in yep. analysis paralysis. Yeah. And I think to add on to that too, this, I don't know if this is like a mental model formally, but it's like a line of thinking where it's like failing fast. So it's whatever you're getting into and whatever you're testing, putting enough data or firepower or spend or whatever behind it so you get enough significance as quick as you can. So then if it doesn't work, you can move on to a different set of ideas, whether it's a landing page test or a new campaign, new keyword, new creative, whatever. And just ensuring that you're, again, like not to be reactionary, but like moving quickly from like test one to test two and the Occam's razor idea where you're like honing in on like the getting surgical about it, I guess, for lack of a better word. Can I throw out one crazy one, which is like the KISS method approach here? I think it's like, Okay, there are all these things changing and right, like everything's always in motion and evolving to some degree, internal factors, external factors, whatever. Have you checked and provided clear expectations and accountability for your marketing team? And this goes back to the earlier thing on like actions versus results. Like what if your whole strategy, the whole plan, all of it is good. The only thing that's different is that someone's not showing up. And if you're not holding them accountable, they might not be following through with the actions that lead to the end result that's desired. So if there's been a change at that activity level, and that's why, well, this isn't an EOS podcast, but (laughs) if you get to the point of everyone has a number, right? And then you're looking at the like your numbers reflect the actions and they, you know, drive accountability. It's like, Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the easy answer is you just need to go and have a conversation and say, well, why didn't you publish the two blog posts? Oh, great. Well, there you go. So I just want to throw that out there too. But when we, you know, if we like double click on one of our core disciplines like SEO or paid, are there any other thoughts you guys have on like doing diagnosis within SEO or within paid that might help someone if they've gotten to the point where they've figured out, oh, my problem is an organic search problem or a paid traffic problem. Don't yeah. you run more ads, Blake, if there's an SEO problem? Isn't always. What, more what ads always. <laughs> I'm actually a pseudo Google rep. <laughs> yes. Spend more PMAX. Turn it on. <laughs> this is some, I'll mention this as a, like a specific business case or use case because I've seen it so many times. Uh, but clients will come to us, we'll start an engagement and they'll be like, conversions, traffic, it's all down year over year. And we're like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And then we find out 
oh, they did a site redesign eight months ago. And they've been seeing this steady decline for the last six months or whatever. And they go, well, what what happened? And and then, well, it started here. And that's the month you had a redesign. And I think that's like a, a very specific case. But I've, again, I've seen it so many times that I want to make mention of it because sometimes you just have to like, like zoom out a little bit. It seems so like the kiss, the kiss framework, but like zoom out to a three-year picture of traffic or a five-year picture of revenue or whatever it is and say, okay, well, where did this start? Like we're down 20%, but was it a one month blip in the radar? Or has this been like a slowly deteriorating performance for the last eight months? Okay. Well, what happened eight months ago? Like what could have changed then? Like, oh, the redesign. Oh, pricing changed. Oh, something, you know what I mean? And kind of getting into the specifics because those things get lost. It's, it always surprises me how like a site redesigns just how poorly they can go sometimes and how they're like failed to mention during like a discovery process. But yeah, zoom out a little bit something and kind of take a look. Okay. When did this decline happen? Because usually you can pinpoint and go, Oh yeah, there was a pretty significant change. Maybe messaging changed, like whatever it is. Um, and then you can kind of take actions based on that. But the other things that I'll say too, from an SEO lens, cause I think that was kind of like the initial question here was make sure you're doing the basics. And I mentioned that because a lot of times, again, clients will come to us and like, well, you're not doing the basics, like first and foremost, you're not, your title tags aren't optimized. Like just as that's like the number one thing, uh, like an SEO will look at like, well, well, of course you're not doing great because like you haven't, these are all like def- default yeah. WordPress, like title tags. You haven't tried, you haven't done the inputs. And I think this, again, it can go, kind of go back. Everything is kind of connecting the dots here, but make sure you're doing the basics right. And one specific like opportunity and analysis that you can do from an SEO perspective is like a keyword gap analysis. So if you have a handful of competitors that you know are kind of a side or a pain in your side, take a look at those, do a keyword gap analysis. You can do that with, there's a handful of tools like SEMrush or Ahrefs, relatively straightforward um, and just see, okay, well, all these topics, all these keywords, all these user needs, are we where we should be? Like, should we start developing more content? So there's a lot, there's a lot there that I just discussed, but it's zooming out a little bit, identifying where the problem originally started. It's doing a keyword gap analysis and it's also just kind of making sure you're hitting all the basics. That's cool. Before, Ray, like maybe you touch on paid diagnosis, but you know that almost hints at part of the solution potentially too. Or if you're lost and you're like, well, here's a problem and you're like, here are possible solves for it. Maybe a good default might be, do I have 80-20 coverage within the core disciplines? You know, like what's the 80-20 of SEO? Okay, title tags and, right. you know, quick site audit and what, you know, and H1s or something and like same and paid, like, okay, do I have the right data? Do I have the right, but Ray, diagnosing PPC is off track. It's a very similar answer to what Blake gave. Let's first assume that like our goals are on track, everything that we just discussed before were aligned. We know what our target is. So let's just kind of assume that's all in place, but making sure you're blocking and tackling the basics are done correctly are so important. Like when thinking about paid, like is your search term to add copy to landing page? Is that connection all accurate? So if somebody's searching for a problem, are you delivering that solution in copy? Are you delivering it on the landing page? And then are you making that path to conversion, whatever it may be as simple as possible? So from my standpoint, like that's as basic as it gets. But if you're not doing that correctly, that's 
a really big issue. Like you're not going to have successful paid campaigns if you don't hammer that point correctly. The other areas where we tend to look are like, is your data correct? Are you sending over the proper conversion signals in like your platforms? Are you, are we attributing leads towards the top of the funnel? Are we optimizing for the bottom of the funnel? Like what exactly are we optimizing for? Tofu, bofu. Exactly. Top of funnel and bottom of funnel for those who don't understand the acronym. I didn't. I'd never heard that. That's the first time. just thought Ben was like rapping over there or something? I I don't know. I thought he was hungry for a (laughs) vegan meal. (laughs) Nice. But yeah, like data, like targeting, are you targeting the right people with the right message? You're creative. Again, is your creative in line and then like just your general structure. So from a paid standpoint, do you have structure in place to hit people in every part of the funnel, to- tofu and bofu? Like, do you have them going everywhere that that you want? So that was a lot to unpack there, but like basics and then looking at like our, you know, what we call like our four principles, but like yeah. data targeting creative and structure is just so important. Yeah. And so you're like Blake, right? You're sort of proposing run through each of these pillars or these foundations of this discipline of paid traffic and then kind of 80-20 to help diagnose, okay, is it a targeting problem? Is it a data problem? Is it a creative problem? Is it a campaign structure problem? Um, Yeah. And then something you said, Blake, too, I wanted to kind of recap or touch on. It's the idea, like I went into this episode, like mentally just assuming like there was an acute all of a sudden the radar just started going off and er, er, conversion rates down 40% captain. What do we do? You know, but no, you're like, Oh, but what if it's a slow bleed, which we've seen so many times too, where it's like every month, Oh, we're down 10% again. And the next month we're down again, 10% month over month and 15%. And then it's like, Oh, and then six months later, you're like, what's happening? Why am I bleeding out here? And what am I going to do? Yeah, that awareness piece is so crucial, like knowing where you are. Right, right. Yeah. And so I think even making that part of the diagnosis, yeah, that's super interesting. And one thing I'll add to, Ray, you kind of touched on it, like from an SEO lens, and I think it definitely applies. It applies everywhere, actually, but really like prioritize the user's need and like yes. and like answer their question, solve their problem. This is more of an SEO thing, but think about the intent of the search and the content that you're providing. So if the intent is to compare products and your content is just like my product is the best and it's you're never going to rank it's never going to work because they want to compare and you're only talking about one yeah. one product that's a really basic example but like you really have to think about that at a really like detailed level and take that into consideration because if you're not really offering the content or the message that matches with the intent or the need it's never going to work yeah. you're always going to fail there and I, I think that applies you know cross channel and really probably all channels again you get so close to your business you kind of just don't you, you see through it a little bit, but you have to put yourself in your customer's shoes and think about, okay, what do they need? What's going to help them ultimately become a customer and not just a potential lead? Yeah. I mean, that is, that's the game. That's what marketing is, man. And how many times too, do you see that? Like when like, you know, a client or a prospect, okay, organics down month over month, year over year. And you go in, you're like, all right, cool. Well, you know, rankings have dropped here and you're like, you used to be top of page one and now you're like bottom page one or you're off the face of the earth and you're like what happened oh i see what happened your competitor came in and skyscrapered you you used to rank with your low-hanging fruit page talking about just your product on a query that was you know for comparison intent and oh your competitor came in and wrote up a really sweet like reviews blog and had like three products stacked side by side and the pros and cons and this and that you know and it's like oh you know well there you go 
that's what it takes. And Ray, you had that example. You were using paid search query to co- add search, you know, yeah. paid search ad copy to landing page. But it's the same in shopping, right? Like shopping query to, I call it merchandising. It's like what SKU are you going to put forth? And then like what image, what product title is going to appear in the search result for that shopping carousel unit. And then same thing, right? Like landing page, how well is your PDP speak to the user need or paid social on advertising, right? It's like, um, you know, targeting the right audience with the right message that speaks to their problem and then getting them to another destination, a landing page that outlines like the benefits, the solution, and just having a really great flow that ultimately it's like, we're just trying to reach the right people and tell a better story and suggest that what we have to offer might meet their needs. And exactly. and that's what I think good marketing looks like. So maybe, you know, you are auditing yourself and you're like, am I doing this well? <laughs> am I meeting the needs of my user well in these different areas? Yeah, I think to like kind of zoom in what Blake said for like putting yourself in your user's shoes, like thinking like a marketer instead of a PPC SEO, like getting more general about it and just becoming like a marketer. Like what am I trying to solve for this specific intent and then deliver that? It's just basic marketing principles, like deliver the solution to their problem, get it in front of them and make sure that you're doing those types of like reviewing the SERP. Like what does it look like? Like really putting yourselves inside like the user's shoes like needs to be done. And like, we're just kind of making that assumption, but it's, it's, it's a core principle of just like marketing that just needs to like be done. Right. The importance of it can't be overstated. Yes. You know, one other thought I had too, and then we could maybe talk about like solutions, takeaways, but it's like, what if you're stuck? So you're internally, maybe it just feels like super myopic. You're like, I don't know. I've been here for 12 years. And it's like, we looked in all the usual places and now nothing is like really obvious. Or you're like, I don't know. It could be like five things, I guess. You know what you could do? You could just bring in an external expert to help you like run an audit if you at least know like oh it's an email marketing problem or it's a cro conversion rate optimization problem or it's a a a brand positioning problem because we've noticed competitors are coming in they're taking this angle on our market you know bring in a third party (laughs) that can look at your your situation a little more objectively and offer recommendations i think that could be very valuable too yeah and i'll just add to that like you're naming all these channels I mean, you're like, oh, it's a CRO pro- or it's a, it's an email problem. We're doing well over here. One as like a tip, and I think a, like a third party would probably identify this like, well, you need to put like, okay, email's not working, then do less email and do more paid search or do more SEO or do more direct mail or you know what I mean? Like kind of thinking about your marketing mix. And again, I think a third party certainly would help a looking like take a look at that and kind of zooming out again, because you, you might think, oh, this is down, but maybe it just doesn't work anymore. Maybe like that channel just isn't as effective and you need to mm-hmm. reprioritize and restructure or whatever it is, put your efforts elsewhere. Something to just keep in mind. Right. It's like, why are we still posting on MySpace? It's not working as well. Tom as told me it would work then. Tom, Tom said so. He's a sellout. He's <laughs> off in the Bahamas. No, Tom's, Tom's chilling. He's cool. You know, what's interesting, like I was thinking about takeaways and solutions and like, what do you do differently moving forward? Like one way that might even flow into, or like activities you can do that would add a ton of prevention instead of having to like worry about cures all the time in the future or having these like red alert moments when it's all off track and your world is spinning. It's like, all right, what can you do? It's like, make it a practice to be closer to your customers and to the market. And what I mean by that, like specifically is talking to your best customers. 
reading tickets from your support team, listening to the sales calls, understanding the needs, the language a little bit better for understanding being close to the market, going out, reading reviews of your product, of your competitor's product, going on forums, going in groups, trying to understand how people are talking about this problem this user need, I don't know, like Reddit sometimes, right? Right. Like going there, like, what are people saying? How are they making comparisons? Like, and, and the better you can understand, like at the human level, what those needs are, how they're changing, how people are sort of perceiving different products in the market that are attempting to address this need, like that's gold for your marketing, you know? And so if you make it a practice to be close to the market moving forward, you might be able to better anticipate a change that needs to be made to better serve them sooner rather than after the fact, when you're feeling the pain, you could do it in anticipation of serving that person. Any other thoughts, guys, on potential solutions or takeaways? I think I just want to, and you just talked about it really, but as a takeaway, I just want to say that it's so important to put yourself in your customer's shoes and think from their perspective. And like, it always amazes me how sometimes you position yourself so far away and you forget ultimately like you're serving and you have like, you have to put them first or your marketing is never going to work. So just keep that in mind. I think as a parting thought, just always remember to look at, look at your business from your customer's perspective. And I think you'll find some quick wins. Nice. I don't have much more to add outside of what we've said already outside of just really make sure to focus on those basics. Like Blake hit on a bunch. I hit on a bunch for paid, but if you're not doing like <laughs> their basics for a reason, they're taught first typically from like a um, specialist standpoint. So like ensuring that you're really serving those those needs to people that are searching for problems, like focusing on basics is just crucial. Yeah. And I think the last two takeaways that I'll add. So it's like, yep, be close to the customer, be close to the market. Make sure you have the right data. You have this scorecard, in essence, that you're watching on a continuous basis. And then finally, develop a culture of testing. Because ultimately, right, you're going to have like one or possibly more than one possible solutions for this acute problem that you're facing. But in general, like you want to test different possibilities, but most importantly is creating an ongoing culture of testing, especially in this area. If you've identified, oh, it's a landing page, it's a content issue on that page, it's a CRO issue on that page. Like what can we do to just continuously raise the bar and improve our results? What activities could we be doing to improve our results in that area moving forward? So hope this was helpful. If you have questions, send them our way. And if you need an external audit, we're here to help. See ya squad. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to us and allows us to help more people and grow the community. Please take a minute right now to subscribe and share this wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com. This will get you insider access, additional tools and swipe files, and help you elevate your marketing game to the next level. 